I want to read something for you right now, and I don't think I've read something that has inspired me to do a show more than this single comment from a pinball company, and and this occurred in the Pinball Brothers on November 24th at 4.16 a.m. as they were doing their Alien Pinball teaser campaign on Facebook. A person who's part of this community, his name is Billy Mills. He wrote the following, that this is my dream theme. I lost $4,000 on that machine. All right, so he obviously gave Andrew Highway a $4,000 deposit for his alien and never got his machine. And the Pinball Brothers responded to Billy with the following. We are sorry to hear that you lost money. We know exactly how that feels, exclamation point. However... Pinball Brothers has no liability for the debts of another company. If you are still interested in a game, please do contact support at pinballbrothers.com and we might be able to work something out together, but we can make no promise at this stage. Okay, now I want to do a show about this and about something else that just hangs over this entire hobby. And that is this hobby's ability to give people who have misled customers a second chance at redemption, but without doing the right thing. And I want to talk about that because I think that this hobby, for some reason, invites individuals to do things that are disingenuous, that rob people of their money, that willingly tell people half-truths that walk away with people's hard-earned money without getting them a machine. And we've seen it time and time again. There are far more failed pinball ventures than successful ones, right? And there's a lot of new people to this hobby every year who don't understand the past of what's happened in the pinball world. And the reason I want to do this show is two companies right now are trying to pave a way to the future. Two companies that would very much benefit from revisionist history. They don't want people to know what John Papaduke did over at Deep Root. They don't want people to know what the Pinball Brothers were about with Andrew Highway. They would simply like you to forget all of that and go in on these new games. And it doesn't work that way because there's a memory to these moments that happened. And I want to talk about that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast because I think it's important that we actually hold these companies accountable to some of the crimes of the past. And that some of these individuals make up for some of this behavior if they want a new chance at redemption, forgiveness by us in the future and in the present even with some of these companies who are really rolling these games out right now. And so let's look at Pinball Brothers real quickly because the line that they say, this line is everything. The Pinball Brothers has no liability for the debts of another company. Okay, now here's the truth to that statement. The truth is, the Pinball Brothers were Highway Pinball. It wasn't another company, it was their company. They were the investors with Andrew Highway. Andrew Highway's name may have been on the company door and on the product, but it was the Pinball Brothers and those gentlemen 
who funded the entire thing. And I get that they lost money as well and they kept throwing good money after bad money and they kept reinvesting in Andrew Highway and they made a humongous mistake when they did that, but it still was their company. And so they were still inside that company when Andrew Highway was taking deposits from people, when we know that he was misleading people on when they can expect their games, and he was trying, you know, he was trying to like stop the ship from sinking, no pun intended, because that's where he went after Highway Pinball, but he was trying to get new pre-order money in to build the games that people had already paid in full. This is the part about all these companies that people forget. Most of these companies sink for the following reason. The same thing happened to Dutch. They take people's money, right? People pre-ordered a game. They then did not get their game yet. The company had those people's money and they wasted that money on development costs, traveling around the world, doing all sorts of things. That money never went to actually paying for the parts for that person's game. So then the only way you can build that guy's game is if you get new money in. And so that's what ended up happening to Highway Pinball. And these pinball brothers were on board for all of that behavior. They knew what was happening. Okay, so then what happens is the pinball brothers, they come out from behind the curtain and then they bailed out Andrew Highway and they then they kicked him to the curb. We know the story, right? The Pinball Brothers gave new life, a second chance to Highway Pinball's alien buyers and they said we're going to we're going to write this ship, we're going to solve these issues and Andrew Highway is going to take a step back and we're going to finish making the aliens and quickly and pretty immediately they realized that the troubles they were in and that the hole that Andrew Highway had dug for the company, there was no way out. There was too much financial debt for them to ever make a profit. And if they kept investing in Highway Pinball, that this company would collapse and ultimately everyone would lose. They would lose more money. Customers wouldn't get their games. So what did they do? They simply created a new company, which was the Pinball Brothers, and they bankrupted Highway Pinball. So that if you bought a game with Highway Pinball, they are not legally legally bound to the debts of that company because that, now they have a new company. And so what they did was they transferred over the assets from Highway Pinball to Pinball Brothers, okay? Now, Pinball Brothers wants to be an entirely new entity that has no responsibility to the debts of Highway Pinball, even though it's the same people. Now, that is the problem. That is the problem. We're not stupid. Like, we know that it's the same people. So do you think that this company should get a pass and be able to do this, to use some legal jargon and to sidestep the problem they created many years ago and just be able to start over again without any responsibility to all those people who lost money with Andrew Highway. Now, the one thing they're not doing is coming out and saying, we're sorry, we made a mistake, we backed that guy and he bankrupted the company. He was much more in debt than we realized. You know, this is the problem too, is none of this is like how you ever wanna start a new pinball company. Why would you ever, if you wanna make pinball machines which are meant to bring joy and excitement to consumers, why would you ever, why would you ever start a pinball company that is trying to pick up the torch of failure, right? The torch of failure. 
Alien Pinball and Highway Pinball represented failure. It represented lost money. It represented like a lot of people who have lost enthusiasm for the hobby. And it pissed off a bunch of people. Why start with two and a half strikes already at the plate and do something like this? But these people are, in, in my mind, they're even worse than what Deep Root is doing with John Papaduke's customers because at least Deep Root set up a system in which Robert gave people money back. And I do applaud Robert for doing that. If you lost money with John Papaduke, he gave people an opportunity to get a check. I think it was for around $4,000 or something. But look, it wasn't a dollar-to-dollar exchange, but at least you got something back. And I think we have to give Robert credit for that. But these gentlemen are doing no such thing. There is absolutely nothing they are doing for people who got burned by Andrew Highway. But like again, let me remind you, they are doing nothing for people that got burned by their own company. And this is why I think we can't have revisionist history and just forget about this stuff. And it is also why this new teaser campaign for Alien Pinball, and I get it, you want a great Alien game to come back out, and so do I, but we can't just bury this stuff under the carpet. This is not how you do stuff. We should not step over the carcasses of our community friends who got burned by the Pinball Brothers. And this is why Canadian Pinball Podcast is the one pinball podcast that none of these companies want around. They don't want this podcast to be out there. They don't want us to be talking about this stuff. I mean, if you go back to September 14th of 2017, Deep Root Pinball put out a statement and they said the following podcasters, most notably Chris of Canada's Pinball Podcast, released podcasts with harsh criticism of Deep Root. All of this, of course, caused severe negative reaction to Deep Root since John Papaduke still owed many Zidware customers refunds or machines. That was September 14th of 2017. And you see what happens here. It becomes the people like myself who are simply trying to remind us all that you can't give up on some of this history, that you just can't let everything go, that making a pinball machine in the present day does not absolve companies of the wrongdoings that they did, that if some of our friends and family lost money on some of these ventures, those people shouldn't just have to walk away dejected for the rest of their lives while these companies get a second chance and they get to absolutely ignore all those people they burned. So I think it's good on Deep Root that they gave Zidware customers a chance. But I am seeing no such thing from the Pinball Brothers. And so for all of you out there that are watching this teaser campaign, that are wondering, you know, when Alien's going to return, you know, is Chicago Gaming Company going to make it? Is American Pinball going to make it? I want to tell you right now, none of it matters. None of it matters. As far as I'm concerned, these gentlemen should not be given a second chance unless they do make those customers whole that lost money, who gave money to these gentlemen. It wasn't another company. It was their company. And I, how convenient it would be for them to have us all forget that, okay? Now, I think we need to put our foot down on some of this stuff. And I think as a community, we need to stand up for the rights of those of us who are our friends, who are part of this community. You just don't get a second chance like this without making it whole. And Robert knew that, and that's why he did what he did. Now, the problem with this stuff, the problem with both of these companies when it comes to trying to course correct, 
The reality is this, and we've seen this time and time again, there just is no financial way out of some of these holes because there's not enough margins in pinball to make up for six or seven figure debts. You can't do it. There's just no way you can sell enough Razas to make up for the amount of money that John Papaduke has spent developing this game. You can't make up for the amount of deposits that you had to refund people. There's just no way to do it. The only way you can do it, the only way you can do it is if you have a game that can sell many, many, many titles so that you can then increase the price of it. And this is what Dutch Pinball is doing. You increase the price of a high demand product and you are able to sell enough over the bomb to have enough profit where you can make the old investors whole and get new people their games. And that is exactly what Dutch Pinball is slowly doing with the Big Lebowski. You know, remember Big Lebowski was 8,500 bucks and they went bankrupt because they could not afford to pay their vendor, their contract manufacturer to make the games at 8,500. And so what did they do? They jacked the price up by $4,000, right? That's almost a 50% increase in the Big Lebowski pinball, but that is the only way they could survive is doing it that way. Now, the benefit of having a title like the Big Lebowski is people love that movie. So I see there is a light at the end of the tunnel for Dutch Pinball because people would go in on such a great theme. And people would absolutely go in on a great theme like Alien. I mean, I think if they can make Alien again, these gentlemen can sell this machine. Alien Pinball, wide body with all the toys in it, new magnets in it, it's a $10,000 plus machine. And if they price it at that, they'll, they'll sell. It will easily sell. But what they need to do is if you're going to make this machine, you need to give those gentlemen, and this is what I'm asking of the Pinball Brothers, anyone who lost money on Andrew Highway's BS company, it was also your BS company, Pinball Brothers, you need to give them credit towards the new alien machine. And you need to think this through and you need to articulate what that will be on day one of announcing this game is coming back. Robert did it with Deep Root, with the Zidware customers, but you can't avoid this. And I just, I just, I read that comment by them on Facebook and it just compelled me to do a new show in the middle of the week because we need to demand this of the Pinball Brothers. And what I don't want to have happen is them just go on other shows and do interviews and talk about how excited they are to bring Alien back. And look, they're going to have to answer these tough questions sooner or later, And but I don't think they can answer it with ambiguity. I don't think they can answer it with like, oh, we're not sure yet. Just, you know, even like they said, like reach out to us and we'll tell you like, maybe we'll work something out. I'm telling you right now, maybe we'll work something out is not an official statement. That's not gonna make someone feel good who lost money four years ago. Maybe we'll figure something out. No, there's no maybe we'll figure something out. If you want permission to come back into this hobby and be part of this pinball community, pinball brothers, you need to work it out. And there needs to be no maybe. It needs to be a definite solution you have for those people that your company burned, okay? 
Don't try to do some like sidestepping with some legal liability BS. Like we're not stupid. We know it was you. We know it was you. It would be like it would be like if Canada uh, retired Canada's Pinball Podcast and came back as Chris's Pinball Podcast. And Chris's Pinball Podcast cannot be held accountable to anything that was said on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Uh, the only thing we will transfer over to Chris's Pinball Podcast are his three twippy victories, all right? So that's my point, people, is we just need to make sure we hold these companies accountable. I want to say this. I had a bunch of conversation last night on my two-year wedding anniversary night, and this is always what happens in pinball. Like, my phone's blowing up. It's Jeff Patterson over at This Week at Pinball being like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you saying this stuff about the Twippies? And I just want to say for the record, look, we did highlight the new scoring system. It is what it is. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I'm fully confident that we are going to get votes and it's going to be beneficial to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I will say this. I did find it funny because Jeff said to me, he's like, dude, this new scoring system will probably help you. Help you, he said. And and, in my mind, I'm like, help me? I've won three years in a row. What, what help do I need? It's I, The only place you can go when your number one is down. It's not going to help me get more votes. And, but like, it is what it is. And I just want to say, look, I support the Twippies. I love that we have an annual end of the year. Well, it's actually in March. I do think it's way too late in the year. I, I won't let that part go, Jeff. But I think that it's great that we have this moment in which people can recognize and show their support for what they love in pinball. So it is a very great thing. So I'm not here to pick on it at all. And I told this to Jeff. I'm like, you know, I love the Twippies. Nobody loves the Twippies more than Canada. Nobody puts more energy into the Twippies than Canada. Nobody promotes the damn show more than Canada. And heck, when it comes to acceptance videos, nobody put more effort into their acceptance video last year than Canada. So don't point fingers at Canada saying I'm slamming the Twippies. Canada has like propped up the Twippies for three years now. All right. So what else am I looking at right now that's new? So I want to tell you right now that I'm staring at the playfield quality control that Mirko is putting on all Guns N' Roses playfields moving forward. And I got news yesterday that consumers of LE games have been told their games are shipping. So that is happening this week. New LEs of GNR are going out the door. Now, that also means they once again are making the the most expensive buyers of the game wait the longest to get their product. And collector's editions will most likely not be under the Christmas tree this year. And so I do think that is a another fail by Jersey Jack. I mean, look, ultimately, you came out with this game on October 5th. You got everyone excited. You took 12-5 from 500 people around the world, $12,500, and now... Three months later, these people still don't have their games, and they're watching LEs go out. They're watching SEs go out. It's it's a fail. It's a, it really is. Now look, I, I I also have said this: the game is worth waiting for, and I and I bet those people want high quality machines. And again, I think one of the reasons why the CEs were delayed was they had playfield issues again. I mean, this is Willy Wonka all over again. They were not expecting there to be pooling in these machines, and so they made the executive decision to hold off on the. CEs until they figure out the playfield issues. I mean, look, it's the same story. It's a broken record with these damn playfield issues. I can't believe we're we're here again. But here's what the image looks like on the Miracle playfield. It's in the lower right corner at the very end, the very tip. 
and there is a big seal. It looks like one of these, like, uh, you know, uh, good housekeeping seal of approvals. It's orange and red. And in the middle, it's like a ribbon with a, like, you know, one of those seal things around it. It says quality real big in white letters. And it says playfield control and then quality across the middle. Okay. And then it has a section on the left that is where you screw in a post. And so this is what they're going to do to test the quality of these play fields. Now, is this, is this the fix we've all been waiting for? Now, if you were to ask me, I don't really get how screwing a post into the lower section of the play field that's under the apron is actually going to indicate for them whether or not there's an issue because as we're seeing in the games, it's areas that take vibration and pounding that are causing those posts to pull the slingshot area the posts that are getting hit by the ball directly pretty frequently that's usually the areas where the play field starts to pull and lift and whatnot so i'm not quite sure how just a, a static screw or post going into this area of the play field is going to be all they need to know before they ship these play fields to jersey jack pinball so We'll see what happens, but I will say this, when those new LEs get unboxed, if there is still pooling in these games, then they are going to have a real PR crisis on their hands, and CE owners are going to be so anxious about getting their games, and you should not be anxious about getting a $12,500 pinball machine, okay? What else is going on in pinball right now? So you know the Gary Stern interviews tomorrow, to, you know, December 3rd. I have an exclusive interview with Gary Stern, so don't miss that. Um, all right, what else is going on in pinball? The last thing I want to say is this, and this is just me noticing what's going on in the hobby. It is funny to see all of the alien pinball machines all of a sudden pop up for sale. Like people are trying to sell their SEs of alien pinball for like thirteen dollars or $14,000. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you buy a highway pinball, alien pinball right now, knowing that there's a new one right around the corner with all improved parts in a better cabinet with much better stuff put into the game. If you spend thirteen dollars or $14,000 on a game that was originally 6,500 bucks or revisionist history, don't forget what alien originally cost people. If you spend thirteen dollars or $14,000 on an alien pinball right now, I'm telling you right now, you're pretty stupid. Don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid this holiday season. Don't be dumb. There is, and, and obviously don't be stupid because the game's about to come out again. This whole teaser campaign is leading to a new, better version of Alien. So I find it funny that all these Alien owners are all of a sudden trying to ditch these products right now. Don't be stupid. And hey, maybe hold on to those old aliens because maybe it's the ones with the screen in the play field that's going to be the rare one everyone wants 20 years from now when we all wake up from this stupid pinball coma and realize investing all this money in all these pinball machines was absolutely idiotic. And then all of our friends who bought Tesla stock are rolling around in Lamborghinis and you're still driving a Honda Civic wondering why nobody cares about your collector's edition and your, your lineup of LEs like, oh man, it sucks. Why'd you buy Mustang LE from? Like, why'd you buy it? <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying is like, don't be stupid. The other thing that's happening in the pinball marketplace right now, and it's unavoidable to see this. How many Rick and Mortys have changed hands? I don't think I've ever seen a game switch hands so frequently with so few out there like Rick and Morty. But my favorite part about the Rick and Morty sales are always this. It's always like the sellers are always like, this game's amazing. This game's incredible. I love my Rick and Morty. But uh, yeah, here it is for sale. 
Oh, uh, yeah. My favorite is Delt. Like, Delt's cleaning out his entire collection. Delt, who was, like, such a fan of Alien, he's trying to sell his Alien for, like, 13.5. He's trying to sell his Rick and Morty. My favorite is what he said, and, and Delt's a fan of the show, so, brother, I just, had to, I just had to call you out here. Delt is selling his Rick and Morty, and he, I love this sales tactic. Love the game. It's so much fun. I'm in no rush to sell it. Just seeing what's out there. That's Delt's line. He's just seeing what's out there. He's just, like, he doesn't know what's out there. You know exactly what's out there, Delt. You just be honest, brother. You're trying to make money on this game because you realize right now you can still possibly make a profit on it. It's not that you're just seeing what's out there. You need money for Guns N' Roses. You need money for Avengers LE. You need money for this new Alien. There's so many new games you'd rather have. And nobody wants to be honest and say this. Nobody, only Canada will say this. The reason you're selling your Rick and Morty is it doesn't shoot that great. Nobody's got the guts to say what Canada will. This is why this is going to be the fourth Twippy for Canada. Because I'm the only one who has the guts to get up and say, you're selling your Rick and Morty because it doesn't shoot great. And the code's a little shallow. And after like an hour or two of playing the game, you've seen the entire game. And you don't really care that Greg Colton, Mr. Rare Hero, is, is on a mission to collect 50 mega seeds. That's the only reason to keep playing this game, for Greg to get to those 50 mega seeds. And even Greg's listening to this being like, oh man, he's right. He's right. That's why Greg's voting for me in the Twippies, because he knows that he's trying to get to those 50 mega seeds. But if you don't care about getting to 50 mega seeds, there's nothing to really do in the game after a couple hours. And if the shots are not that satisfying, that's why people are letting it go. Now, here's the thing. Rick and Morty is a fun pin. Don't get me wrong. It is a really fun pin, but it's almost like the perfect location pin. It's the kind of pin you can hop on, and in a half hour, you have a lot of fun, but it's almost like you don't need to own it. And I think that's why you're seeing so many people transfer these games to new owners. Um, the other thing is this. There's money to be made. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. For a lot of these guys, they paid 8588 with tax for their Rick and Morty. So if they can get 9500 10000 for it, why not? Because they know that that's not going to be available to them six months from now when every game is out. I mean, I paid 9500 for mine, and I sold it for 11000 So that money's getting moved right over to Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. Now, I'm, I wish I had the Rick and Morty playfield quality on my GNR, but such is life, all right? All right, everybody, this has just been a, another edition of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Is it Twippy season? Are we going to start going on overdrive? Who knows? Who knows? It's always fun as we head into January and we get into Twippy season. It brings out the best in every pinball podcaster. Everybody, have a great day. If you have any feedback for me, CanadaPinball at gmail.com. No, I'm not buying your alien pinball for 13000 Yes, I did say that people are selling Rick and Morty because they don't shoot great. Yes, I did say that the Pinball Brothers have to make the old highway alien buyers whole. And yes, Robert, you did the right thing with giving people money back with John Papaduke. But there's still a long, a long way to go before any of those Zidware buyers are truly made whole because we need the game out. Got to get that game out. That's the ultimate moment of like, you did it. Because the goal was to make a working John Papadou game available to the world. And we still haven't seen that yet. And it's 2021 is the earliest we're going to get it. And four years ago, remember four years ago, it was Canada's pinball podcast that caused tremendous harm to people's perception of my company. Come on, people. I'm just a pinball podcast. As I told Andrew Highway many years ago when he grabbed me at TPF and yelled at me, I said, Andrew, all you got to do is get people their games and nothing I say matters. And you know what he did? 
He never did that. Canada out. Damn, bro.